This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 12.03 on Monday afternoon, December 12th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. The Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Thanks, Gina. We'll check in with you at uh, 12.23. Leaks reveal that Apple has some ambitious plans for its next generation of smartphones, but you better start saving your pennies now. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, a busy week week ahead on Wall Street includes data on inflation and a meeting of the Federal Reserve. Joining us now at the preview is Andrew Bush, former Chief Markets Intelligence Officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economist at andrewbush.com based in Chicago. Andy, thanks for joining us today. And I guess the big number comes out tomorrow, the Consumer Price Index for the month of November. Uh, The PPI report from last week that came in a little bit hot. Uh, Is that a prologue for what we could expect tomorrow? No, it takes a little bit of a delay for those uh, the numbers in the PPI to really work their way through the economy. So the market's focused on the CPI number. Um, it should come in softer, somewhere around 7.4%, but it's it's a little bit of a guess at this point, Rob, because there's so many things that are flowing through um, the global economy that impact the U.S. economy right now. It's really hard to say, but I will say this, that um, regardless of what the number is, I mean, even if it's around seven or even below that, I believe the Fed will raise rates 50 basis points this week. They're, they're pretty much told the markets this is what they're going to do. It's really when we get into next year that the questions about whether they're continue or not, that, that's the big question for the markets. And then looking ahead to Thursday, that's uh, retail sales. And, and that's going to pick up some of the uh, holiday shopping activity. Yeah, I mean, it was really, you know, we got good numbers over Black Friday and through, you know, um, all of uh, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday, all of those things uh, created conditions where I think we got stronger than expected retail sales. But the thing is, is we're seeing a shift in consumer spending. It's moving away from goods, which you would buy around Christmas time, really towards services, which is hotels, travel, that kind of stuff. So in that sense, the economy is normalizing. So it wouldn't surprise me to see retail sales stay somewhat soft compared to where they were, you know, last year, certainly. The, uh, the, 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 the pandemic economy uh, kind of takes on two stages. The first one was the kind of everyone spending all their money on goods because you couldn't go out to eat. You couldn't go on vacation. So you did right. remodel the house. You bought the big screen TV. You got the nuclear-powered grill and so on and so forth. And and now, are we still in the case where everyone's still kind of making up for a lot of lost living on the services side? And what happens once that runs its course? Yeah, I mean, that's the big question. We've seen a pretty big run up in credit card debt. 
So we know people are spending and they're not actually reducing down their savings. That pile of money that they saved during the uh, COVID shutdown and all of the stimmy checks, a lot of that's been saved. So we'll see where this ends up, but it is a normalization process that will continue on. The big unknown out there, honestly, is, is really two things. Will inflation come off fast enough for the Fed to pause? And then the second thing is China. China continues to have major problems. We're going to watch that unfold when COVID really runs through the entire country. And we'll see how bad of an impact it has on their ability to deliver goods to the rest of the world. So we may still see some of these big supply chain uh, disruptions because of what's happening with COVID in China. Andrew Bush, former chief markets intelligence officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economist at andrewbush.com based in Chicago. Coming up, an iPhone 15 leak reveals consumers will pay a hefty price for Apple's next generation smartphone. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Leaks surrounding Apple's next generation smartphone suggest the iPhone 15 will come with a hefty price tag. Joining us now to discuss is Jennifer Jolly, USA Today Tech Life columnist based in San Francisco. Jennifer, thanks for joining us this afternoon. What is it about the Apple iPhone 15 that makes it unique compared to other iPhone models? And why is it so expensive compared to other iPhone models? No, for sure that it will be. We do think that we know and that the last iPhone Pro Max would be $200 more expensive than ever before. And the day it was announced in the United States, that did not come true. So it, it did, the price rose in other countries, but not in America. And we're kind of hoping that we see that happen again here. So this is just for the Pro series of this particular iPhone model. And uh, one of the reasons I would imagine that uh, Apple feels comfortable charging as much as they do is that uh, is the iPhone Pro. I mean, the, does the Pro imply that it's uh, used by professionals and their employer is paying for it? Well, I don't know if we can go that far. I mean, I bought the Pro Max because of my job, because I needed the superior cameras. I needed the superior video. So if you think about this device, they're, they're talking about the starting price. And we're talking about next September. So it's still a long way away. But we're talking about camera upgrades, potentially adding another camera to the front facing camera or to the, you know, the selfie camera, adding another um, dimension to that, whether it's, you know, right now you have three different settings to automatically zoom in, they might add another. Um, what we're looking at with this one device in the $1,300 range is a lot of people, it replaced their camera, their digital camera, though, you know, that this is now their one video camera, their one still camera. A lot of times it's their laptop and their tablet. And it's their phone. So if you think about all the gadgets giving you a monthly payment and you'll end up paying that or more, but you know, you can bite off a chunk for 10 or $12 a month versus paying that up, up front. Yeah, I was going to say, how is that going to change the math for the uh, providers who do include, uh, for lack of a better word, a, a monthly rental fee as part of the yeah. uh, iPhone agreement? Well, it likely won't change it that much. I mean, when you spread that out over your two-year contract, it's not a whole lot. You know, uh, one or two dollars a month, everyone's dealing with inflation. That's the cost, you know, the, the price of admission. And I think that they tested the waters with that watch ultra. You know, they called it an ultra. They introduced that tagline. 
and people are buying it. You know, it's maybe not you and me, but there's a lot of Marines that go to the you know bottom of the Mariana Trench or on uh, uh, for uh, artificial limbs, or if you get a, a, a hip replacement, you could yeah. have a titanium joint. So it's it's very strong. It's not used uh, in, in a lot of commercial settings. Uh, so is Apple first out of the gate to use titanium on a smartphone? They are that I know of, which is funny because what we see with Apple a lot is they adopt what people love best about the Samsung Galaxy phones or other Android devices. They do it two, sometimes three years later, uh, the dynamic island concept, the always on concept, but they do it better. They get it just perfect. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, and, and I can find out if there's been ever a titanium model, but Apple's constantly looking to move out of some of the production issues that they've run into in the past. They're a very green company in terms of looking for, hey, what's going to be the best on the planet overall? So if they do change up to titanium, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a lot of these choices based on supply chain, demand, other countries that they can, uh, you know, manufacture these gadgets in. And, you know, also we're looking at Finally, finally, that change to the different uh, connector, you know, gone with the lightning connector. And that's a big deal, too, you know, that kind of started in EU in, in the European Union um, with the USB-C and its smartphones. That might be one of the biggest things we're talking about, even over titanium. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Job growth is likely to slow sharply in 2023, and that's just one of the trends job experts are predicting for next year. Joining us now with the latest details is Tessa White, CEO of The Job Doctor, based in Salt Lake City, the website, thejobdoctor.com. Tessa, thanks for joining us today. The conventional wisdom is that there will be a recession in 2023, but all of the doom and gloom about the economy is often uh, supplanted by the fact that the job market is still very resilient, uh, great by historical standards. So does that mean if there is an actual slowdown, does that mean we'll see layoffs or just simply companies will stop hiring? Well, I'm already seeing layoffs. Almost every CEO that I'm working with across the nation is quietly planning right now a layoff or they're starting to get some help from cheaper labor sources in other countries. So I do believe it's going to continue, especially in tech. Right now, we're, yeah, you, so you mentioned that. Uh, we're seeing a lot of it in tech. We're seeing a lot of it in the uh, management ranks uh, as companies uh, restructure. Will this be a white-collar hiring recession coming up? Uh, yeah, I think primarily white-collar and primarily higher levels of um, roles because the companies still cannot get their hands on enough people to come in and say a customer service role or these, uh, you know, lower level entry level to mid-level roles. But a company can save a lot of money if they let go of uh, or cut out one of the levels of management and that money can get reallocated to other levels of the organization. But it sounds like uh, remote working, flexible working arrangements are still going to be the norm next year. But uh, the HR department, uh, the eyes will be on you if you're working from home. I think so. I, we've definitely seen a rise in surveillance on people because companies are not sure they trust remote. And yet they know they can't change it. I mean, if I could 
sum it up in one line. They're not coming back. People simply are not going to be coming back, at least full time, the way it used to be. So companies just need to find a way to make sure that the people that are working remote are putting in a full day's work. Mental health is going to become an increasing, uh, increasingly larger part of the uh, wellness component of uh, employee and corporate culture. Uh, what are some ways that uh, companies can address this above and beyond you know, the, what we used to talk about, the foosball table, the happy hours, and the work hard, play hard uh, mentality? I think companies will need better solutions around health care and mental health because a typical company has an EAP program where somebody can call a therapist for so many visits or sometimes their health insurance will have some mental uh, care component, but these are not enough for people. The problem is there aren't enough mental health workers to really fill the pipeline of need that there are. So I think that you're going to see some creative companies that are marrying some therapy with also self-help and apps that would guide somebody through some some exercises that would keep one, you know, healthier and know when to seek help. Uh, but companies will definitely have to put a lot more money in this in their benefits line item. Tessa White, CEO of The Job Doctor, based in Salt Lake City, Utah. Check her out at thejobdoctor.com. Still ahead, a look at the entertainment preferences of Generation Z, and then a visit with our Monday afternoon stock pick. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Topping our news at the half hour. If you're getting ready to travel somewhere, you're not alone. A whole lot of people will be heading somewhere for the holidays. And AAA's Ellen Edmonds says the roads will be busy. Nearly 102 million Americans will drive to their holiday destinations this year. That is a 2% increase over 2021 and equals about 2 million more people expected to be on the roads. And airports will be jam-packed as well. 7.2 million Americans expected to fly. And even though flights are so expensive right now. No matter what things are costing, people will always find a way to budget to take those desired holiday trips. Stacey Lynn, CBS News. A local charity gets a big holiday gift from the state. It's called the Cash Dash. The Illinois State Treasurer legally has to hold on to unclaimed property that can include cash. And it has to make an effort to find the rightful owner. This time of year, the treasurer's office says it is stepping up finding this cash for nonprofits that especially need the money as the year draws to a close. Lutheran Social Services of Illinois got a check for more than $15,000 from the treasurer. It's because of 42 cash properties from several different sources, uncashed checks, insurance payments, other credits and refunds. The amounts range from just a penny to nearly $5,000. The state treasurer reminds anyone, go to the website, search for your name, and see if there's any cash waiting for you. Cisco Coda 105.9 WBBM. It's 1232. The Noon Business Hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Stocks kick off the week on an up note. Joining us now with the latest in what's moving Wall Street is Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer of Crescent Capital, based in Chicago. Chicago. Jack, thanks for joining us today. Markets are higher, a reversal of the past week. Uh, what's fueling the optimism today? 
Yeah, Rob, I think it's uh, anticipation of a better than expected inflation report that's due out tomorrow. Uh, the um, economists are expecting, uh, let's see, year over year around zero, I'm sorry, 7.3. And that would compare to 7.7, which uh, we we heard about in uh, for the October reading. So um, continue to see uh, inflation subside. And that's that's good news. We're seeing uh, bond yields kind of hanging in there, but we're seeing stocks pretty much up across the board. Everyone's wearing their prognosticator hat these days, and uh, MasterCard is uh, weighing in on their belief that uh, inflation, in their judgment at the very least, they say it's peaked, but it's going to take some time before it reaches 2019 levels. Uh, Is that a particularly uh, hot take uh, once you look at all the numbers out there? Well, they certainly have a lot of great data to look through, um, and um, I, I can't disagree with that. I think getting from you know the sevens to the threes uh, is is probably pretty straightforward. Uh, getting from that three back down to two, which is the stated Fed's target, is going to be a little more difficult. Uh, I think a lot of the tailwinds that we've enjoyed um, over the years going into 2019 is probably have probably subsided on the inflation front. Uh, so getting that last little bit uh, from down to the threes down to the twos is, <clears throat> is, is going to be tricky. Uh, the other thing is inflation, uh, at least up till last month, uh, really came in higher than what economists had expected. If you look at, uh, let's see, June, July, uh, no, I'm sorry, June, August, and September, uh, the actual inflation reading was higher than what economists had forecast. Now, if you're going from a 7 to a 3 on an annualized basis or a year-over-year basis, um, how much of that is just naturally occurring events, uh, You know what they used to call the transitory factors uh, actually rolling off the books? How much of that is interest rates, and how much of that will require uh, people losing their job? You know, it's a great question. I mean, I think a lot of that factor is uh, simply what's called the base effect. In other words, we're already starting now at a higher level. uh, And so getting another 7% from that higher level from last year is that much more difficult. So just that by itself, the denominator, if you will, of that uh, year-over-year equation is going to go up. That's going to push things down. Um, the other the other factor that had pushed prices up earlier in the year was that uh, supply chain shortage. Well, we don't really have the supply chain shortage anymore. In fact, uh, uh, what we have seen is a lot of the retailers and department stores are pretty much overstocked with items at Christmas time. And if we are anticipating, let's say, a, a mild recession next year and spending will push back, I think uh, these retailers are trying to cut prices as quickly as they can to get this merchandise off their shelves. Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer with Crescent Capital, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next, Gen Z movie lovers headed back to the theaters. We'll tell you what uh, where their tastes are coming from. It's your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A new survey finds that 78% of Gen Z moviegoers saw more films in theaters this year than before the pandemic. Joining us to discuss what's behind this move back 
back to the big screen is Paul DeGarabedian, senior media analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore, based in L.A. Uh, Paul, thanks for joining us today. And it's not like Gen Z, for uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, we're talking about uh, moviegoers between the ages of uh, 18 and 24 years old. So moviegoers who were born between 1998 and 2004. That's always encouraging. And is is it also is this simply a function of the fact that this is a demographic that uh, no longer needs to get a ride from their parents to the movie theater? I think that may be a big part of it, Rob, that the fact that the movie theater has become a hub of influence on social media, I think should be music to the ears of theater owners who maybe perhaps thought they had lost this demographic to their small screen devices. And the gentle Minions meme with Minions, the rise of Gru, this was a huge deal over the summer. And the fact that these very influential moviegoers were out there interested in a movie that was really more aimed at kids and families, that was just great because it, it broadened the demographics for that film. But again, making it part of the social conversation made it cool. And I know that the, the, this demographic, they were dressing up and going to the movie theater it was really quite interesting to see that phenomenon. And importantly, it looks like they're looking forward to all the movies or many of the movies that are set for release, certainly uh, for the rest of this year, but more importantly, in 2023, a lot of movies that I think the Gen Zers will be interested in. It's interesting that you mentioned that uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru was some sort of Gen Z touchstone because over the summer, now my my three daughters are, are young. My oldest is nine, but they all love the Minions. They love the Despicable Me franchise. So we did go see the Minions, The Rise of Gru at the uh, legendary Pickwick Theater in Park Ridge. And they have, it's a, it's a classic old movie house from the 1920s, massive theater. It could fit hundreds of people. And the place was packed and everybody yeah. was 18, 19 years old. And they were delirious for this movie. It was, <laughs> it was a crowd reaction. I, I'm, the last time I saw something like that was in the audience for The Phantom Menace in 1999, the first you, Star you Wars movie point, in 16 you know, years. Rob, that's what we used to call a happening. <laughs> Remember those days? Uh, and I think that was really cool. And this is great for movie theaters. It's been a, We had a rather slow Thanksgiving at the box office, and we had a very quiet weekend this past weekend, but Avatar is on the way and in this survey that I think you mentioned at the top, Fandango did a survey, and Avatar The Way of Water is at the top of the most anticipated movies list. And in our Comscore data, we're looking at an, a debut domestically that could be in excess of $170 million. So that's great news. And then you have Puss in Boots coming up on December 21st. That one's on the list, Babylon. Um, so I think it's the fact that this very important and key demographic is really interested in going to the movies and not just the movies. They're out there talking about streaming uh, content that they're seeing on streaming. That's how you create a conversation is by having this very active audience, very active on social media, talking about these movies. And it makes it all the more cool to go out to a movie theater to see these films and to watch this other content at home. Paul, very quickly, it seems like the real challenge for the movie theater operators is, yes, people are going to go see Avatar. They're going to see a Marvel movie. They're going to see the big summer and holiday time blockbusters. It's getting people into the movie theater to see everything else. And that audience looks like it is yet to show up. 
Yeah, that's that's been an issue, and you make a great point. And some of these awards contenders that were so highly touted, got great reviews, have not done well. But The Whale, in limited release with Brendan Fraser, did $360,000 this weekend in just six theaters. That's $60,000 per theater. That is a huge number in our business. So there is hope for those non-blockbusters, excuse me, to do well when you see something like The Whale. I just hope we see when that film expands to more theaters that it catches on with audiences because it's a phenomenal movie with a great performance by Brendan Fraser. Paul DeGarabedian, senior media analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore based in Los Angeles. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come, a pair of investment ideas from a money pro. That's because it's Stock Picker Monday and it's investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Welcome in Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecasts newsletter based in Hammond, Indiana. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. A pair of stocks today that are actually some uh, fairly big names uh, in their particular uh, industries. Let's start with a big uh, name in energy. What's interesting, I think there are also two misunderstood companies. Uh, the first uh, you mentioned is Philips 66. Symbol is PSX. Uh, stock trades for about $100 a share. And um, Philip 66 is a refining company, but it's not just a refining company. They also have uh, a chemicals business. They also have a, a pretty extensive pipeline exposure too. So you don't have that that pure exposure to the volatile refining business. Uh, I like a number of things about this. I'm still a, a fan of the energy sector, and I know that's giving investors a fairly wild ride here because of energy price volatility, but I still think there's opportunities in that space. I think Phillips 66 is one of those opportunities. I also like the 4% dividend yield on that stock as well. So it's a, it's a company that I think can, can outperform expectations, uh, and the stock has pulled back a tad here, and I think it's a reasonable opportunity to be buying that stock. That's Phillips 66. Symbol is PSX, trades for about $100 a share. And the next one uh, can be found on the corner of your neighborhood. Right. And again, most people know the company at CVS Health. Symbol CVS trades for $103 a share as those kind of omnipresent drugstore uh, retail locations all over the place. But CVS is way, way much more than that. It's a major pharmacy benefit manager under its Caremark division. Uh, they offer a variety of healthcare services, including their Minute Clinic locations. And they're also a huge health insurance company through its Aetna division. And in fact, and this is probably going to surprise a lot of people, I mean, CVS will have revenues in 2023 of about $325 billion, which puts it in the top 10 among highest revenue generators in, in the public market. So it, it's it's a huge company. It's one that we do like. Profits and sales are, should rise in 2023. And I think the healthcare segment is going to be uh, continue to be one of the better areas in 2023. So it's a stock we like. You get a 2% dividend yield, and it's a solid, solid company. That's CVS Health. CVS is a symbol trades for $103 a share. The uh, Dow bouncing back today after uh, kind of a rough week last week. Uh, what's the Dow theory saying these days? Yeah, the primary trend of the market is still bearish, and uh, we would expect um, probably at some point here a further retest of those late September lows. Last week, I think, was 
the start of it. We're getting a little bit of a bounce here, but I still think the the onus is on the on the downside here for this market, at least in the short term. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond. Thanks for joining us today. The uh, selections on this Stock Picker Monday, Phillips 66, PSX, and CVS Health, CVS. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 